0: Hello, and thanks for listening to the Vineyard Marable podcast. My name is Aaron Wright, and on today's episode, we'll hear an encouraging conversation between Aaron and Paul Jetter. But first, we're celebrating 10 years with Amy Roberts and a quick get-to-know-you session with me.
1: Well, hello everyone! Thanks for joining us on the podcast, and I am here with a couple of special guests. Uh, Amy Roberts is here. Hi, Amy. Hello. And Aaron Wright is here. Hi. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Um, and I, we're just going to, before we jump into things here, take a minute to acknowledge something really wonderful. <laughs> uh, Amy Roberts has been. What is your actual title?
0: Uh, my actual title is "Administrative Assistant.":
1: Administrative Assistant. Yes. Okay, so you've been doing administrative stuff around our church for a full decade. Yes, so we're celebrating that it has been ten years, and that's like a really long time. I know. Um,
0: it's really exciting.: is it? <laughs> Actually, no.
1: I'm really glad you feel that way um, <laughs> We did. Uh, we actually do reviews. Uh, believe it or not, I know a lot of churches don't, but we do reviews. And your last review was basically, "Hey, you've been here a long time. Please don't ever leave. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for doing all the crap nobody else wants to do."
0: Yes, yes, pretty much. <laughs> thanks so
1: much for doing all well, the crap. Yeah, nobody wants to do because I was thinking about this. Um, it, this isn't true of all of us, but like it's definitely true of me. But if you sort of take the personality type of like a typical, like a stereotypical pastor type, mm-hmm. like in the Venn diagram of skills, like we just, we are not administratively gifted at all. And it's, um, there's like, there's no overlap in the Venn diagram. So not only have you been doing this for 10 years, but you've probably been doing it with a collection of some of the most annoying people to do administrative work with (laughs) for 10 years. I'm especially grateful.
0: No, I love all of you. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Very
0: much.
1: (laughs) Well, we're really grateful for all the good work that gets done and that gets done behind the scenes. I'm really glad that like you make us laugh every time we walk in and we're really happy to see you, uh, and- I'm glad I H&E. make somebody
0: laugh because my kids are like, "God, mom." <laughs> no, your jokes still work for us. Yeah, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> they, tol-
1: they totally work. <laughs> yeah, and then um, it's kind of cool that Aaron's up here with us uh, because you guys end up working next to each other most of the time. Yes, mm-hmm. and you get to uh, you get to enjoy Aaron's singing, yes. which she we find out <laughs> so good. She sings all throughout the day, maybe without even knowing it.
0: And she's yeah. always like. I'm sorry I sing too much. I'm like, please don't ever stop. <laughs>
1: it's not a thing. It definitely please it definitely ever makes stop. it better. Yeah. And then Aaron, what's it been like? So how long have you been on our staff? Are you
0: pushing so a- just a year, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, August, August actually.
1: Okay. So you did hit the one mm-hmm. year mark. That's awesome. Yes. And so what's it been like working next to Amy for the last year?
0: Well, Amy's awesome. Everyone knows that. We've uh-huh. talked about that. I think the cool thing though is like uh you're talking about all of the things that Amy does just like manages like a multitude of things that Mm -hmm. a lot of folks probably don't even pay attention to what's happening in the details but the which is amazing Mm -hmm. but the coolest thing i think uh having watched amy is how she immediately when she sees a need just like steps in takes the initiative and so that could literally be anything it's like oh like we're running low on something and amy's like already on it or it's like someone walks in the door and they're like broken in a place Mm -hmm. and amy's like let me pray for you right here right now like Uh it's a really incredible thing to watch her and just like how uh she can fill so many roles and just uh live into that gifting it's been really honestly Mm -hmm. incredible to watch because i like what you're saying is like some people have uh gifting really hard one way or another and Mm -hmm. i feel like i've watched amy's gifts on both sides just really come out on like the day-to-day so that's been really sweet to watch and yeah and she's fun you know everybody loves amy we all <laughs> we all know that's really kind
1: being the uh, you know at the front desk of a church and answering the phones at a church mm-hmm. is actually an intensely pastoral job um you telling me we didn't tell you that <laughs> it's kind of like we got you to be on this podcast because we told you this was a murder mystery just to, <laughs> yes we tricked you and now we're going to talk about
0: serial <laughs> and, killers <laughs>
1: And we tricked you into into being in this job by telling you it was not a pastoral role, but it really is, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. It God. is. It took me a long time to figure that out too, because I kept thinking, "Oh, well, I just do the things nobody wants to do." Like, mm-hmm. it's not a leadership role. I'm not a pastor. I am not a pastor. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, well, kind of. It you took know. me what you said 10 years it's probably taken me nine and a half to figure that out
1: (laughs) you look around and going i'm doing a lot of pastoral work i'm talking and praying with a lot of hurting people and answering the phones when people are in crisis like you're doing it's intensely pastoral stuff and dealing with all of us (laughs) you guys might be the hardest You graciously i believe (laughs) it well amy we love you so much we are full-on celebrating that you have been here for 10 years and uh I'll tell you what I told someone else. You can quit any time. You just have to turn in your 30-year notice. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how much of a lead we would need. Because like Aaron said, there are so many things that you do that nobody knows. Nobody knows, man. And um, and we just really, we're so grateful because we we get to see behind the scenes and all that happens that just wouldn't happen if it weren't for you. So thank God for you, Amy.
0: Thanks. I love you. <laughs> love you guys.
1: All right. So I'm going to shift the focus now on to Aaron. And as you already said, you have been uh, with us a year. And like Amy, you also kind of work behind the scenes, although not exclusively so, as our communications director. Is that the right yeah, title? Yeah, that's it. Community? <laughs> 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 you sound like maybe you weren't sure.
0: We'll go with that.
1: Uh, so you've been here for a year and we are like, full on all the way celebrating behind the scenes like a year it's it's we should be past the honeymoon period I shouldn't still like randomly high five my wife in the middle of a day and just say, aren't you glad we hired Aaron? But that still regularly happens behind the scenes (laughs) (laughs) because we're so excited. You're such a pro. You're so good at your job. You've made such a big, big difference. Um, So I'm really, really glad that you're here. And uh, because you're a little bit behind the scenes, but we also see you up front leading worship sometimes. Um, I thought it might be good to take a few minutes to get your backstory and kind of introduce you to the church. So do you mind if we dig in and start asking some questions? Absolutely. Okay, so tell us then a little bit about your home life now. You guys just moved, right?
0: Yeah, we did. We actually just bought a house like a month ago. We just moved in this past weekend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And so. so you're swamped in work and trying to get things settled and all the things that come with moving, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know how it is. It's like, it's exciting. You're so glad to be in your new place where you're like, oh, it looks like a bomb went off in here. Like, let's <laughs> figure this yeah. out. So, yeah.
1: So who's we? He said we moved. Yeah, Who, so
0: my husband's Sam and mm-hmm. we have a daughter Ava who will be three in like a week and a half Uh Um, yeah so Sam and I we've been married now for six and a half years which is seems crazy to me mm-hmm. and um, our daughter Ava we brought her home she was two and a half weeks old mm-hmm. um, and then we finalized our adoption about six months after that so yeah. she's been with us almost from day one
1: almost day one yeah yeah, yeah so. that's fantastic she is absolutely adorable there's like it's almost weird for you to say Ava's name and for the not hear a, uh, a chorus of teenagers around the church who <laughs> seem to always be around her and think she's the cutest thing in the world Like my daughter squeals like it's you'd think it was Harry Styles <laughs> <laughs> the way she squeals at the idea of Ava and Aww. how much she loves her so we love her and uh and uh really glad she's around too so um we've hinted around at this a little bit um about music and music's always been a part of your life yeah What's funny is, uh, when, when we interviewed you for this job, Johnny and I have gotten on to you a couple of times because we think you undersold your abilities uh, on, (laughs) on so many levels. I was like, what if we didn't hire her just because that would have been a horrible mistake because you undersold, but it's a good, you said, what'd you say? I want to over under, under promise. -promise, I always get that backwards and (laughs) usually into a microphone and that backfires on me. Um, so fair enough, but, um, one of the things we had no idea is that there was any musical ability at all. And then, um, I don't know how it came about. Maybe maybe David heard you singing when you were working, maybe. No, <laughs> how, did, I, how did we find out?
0: Uh, so, I think it was because of the Advent retreat that I lead worship for every year. So... Um, um, it's like I've been leading worship for this women's advent retreat with a group of my friends for like probably seven or eight years. And so I think I like, I think I randomly asked, I was like, could I print out some chord sheets (laughs) for this thing? They're like, you're doing what? And I think that's how. And then
1: the word was out. David got a look in his eye. I would imagine (laughs) like, let's go find out. And then turns out you are, um, just a really anointed worship leader. My goodness. Um, your voice is absolutely stunning, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just want to, man, when we were at the uh, the regional retreat, um, uh, which is something we hosted in Pigeon Forge, which you did a bunch of extra work for, by the way, thank you very much, <laughs> um, you were leading worship on two or three different sessions for that, I think, mm-hmm. a couple at least, yeah, and... Um, you know, it's funny. I was talking to to Adam, who oversees Vineyard Worship, and he's like, "Who in the world? Like, who is this person?" <laughs> and I was like, I, "We didn't even know. like uh, we, we hired her to do calm. I had no idea." And um, man, some of the some of the most gifted worship leaders in the Vineyard were there, and um, I was like, "Man." Anyway, you're a remarkably anointed and gifted <laughs> uh, worship leader, mm-hmm. and. It was fun, man. The Holy Spirit really showed up and did some did some remarkable things. Totally. In the time that we had together and it was uh it must have been a fun it must have been a fun perspective for you to be looking out on the room when the Lord was doing so many things yeah. in the room at the time.
0: Truly, yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It that whole I mean, that whole week was just really sweet, you know, to get to be with all the folks who are in our region and stuff, but the worship, yeah, was I think people I think people were just in a space where it was like like a, a sigh of relief, you know, mm-hmm. like a heavy breath of like um a lot of tension and things and people were able just to give that all to the Lord and mm-hmm. that kind of breaking open that freedom was just I mean it's incredible to experience, but you're yeah. right, like being able to watch and see people engaging and um yeah. I yeah, it was really special. It's definitely something that I will remember for a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really stood out. It really stood out. And then um, it's exciting when we have moments like that here as at the Maryville Vineyard, and I pray mm-hmm. that they become more and more often yeah. as we engage more fully in the worship. You know, there's something about that conference setting where, okay, we're away, everything else is set aside, um, I'm out of town, I'm far, it's, there's nothing but Jesus, so let's just worship with our whole hearts, and that's one of the things I hope we as a church learn more and more, like when we come here, it is time set aside, and yeah. even though we're still in town and, you know, we haven't done, but we can engage fully and take, like you said, that deep, that deep breath and just, um, uh, you know, immerse ourselves in worship. And um, um, so thank you so much for uh, uh, the really great work you have done here in your first year on our staff. We're still, like I said, still celebrating um, that you've joined us. Thank you for uh, jumping in as a volunteer, as it turns out, with our music ministry. It's just been such a gift um, uh, and, you know, talents are meant to be used and I'm really glad um, that you that you've jumped in and and used them here and served our church in the process. We really appreciate it.
0: Really grateful to be here. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And the good news is, um, I think we'll probably get to hear from Erin on the podcast from time to time. She's around and she's good (laughs) at saying words. So we'll get to hear from her more and more. And now you'll know who we're talking to. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Erin. Thanks. All right, well, folks, I am here with my friend, Paul Jetter. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you, Aaron? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Um, uh, A number of you may not know about Paul, and I've had so many uh, hopeful, encouraging conversations with Paul every time I talk to this guy. um, I feel my faith is stronger. I feel more hopeful about what God has for us. I feel encouraged. And I thought, man, this is a guy that... uh, um, that our, our, our church needs to be familiar with. You've done a lot of ministry um, and given your life serving the Lord. So really glad that you took a few minutes to talk with us. And if you would, man, give us uh, just your backstory. Um, you know, where are you are from? Tell us about your childhood growing up, that type of stuff.
2: Well, I grew up in Fort Recovery, Ohio, which is a little town of 1300, close to Indiana, north of Dayton. Fort Recovery? Yeah, that's because they recovered it from the Indians. Oh. It's a site of the greatest defeat an American major army has ever had. They lost 900 out of 1,200 back in the seventeen late 1700s Wow! Uh, when the Indians attacked their army. Okay. And then after the upwards, Anthony Wayne came in and recovered the area and built a fort.
1: Okay. And then the town's still called Fort Recovery. Still
2: called Fort Recovery. Oh, so wow. I was a copy of a fort. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my parents were Christians. My grandfather was a minister. Um, my father, when he was young, when he became a Christian, after he, about the time he met my mother, uh, didn't know what he wanted to do, and he didn't feel called to ministry. Mm-hmm. And he talked to his pastor, and his pastor said, "Well, George, what do you do?" He said, "Well, I'm an engineer, and I want to have my own business." And he said, "Well, then be God's businessman." There you go. And He took it to heart. He started his own business. It became a factory. It became very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always said it belonged to the Lord. Yeah, and during his lifetime, I'm sure he gave away much more money than he ever spent on himself.
1: Oh wow, that's awesome!
2: So, uh,
1: is this in the Ohio area still? That's in
2: Ohio in Fort Recovery.
1: Yeah, in Fort
2: Recovery Industries, you can still look it up. Really? So my brothers are in it now. Yeah. So, and then from there, I felt called to be a missionary at an early age, thinking I was in junior high. Wow. But I didn't tell a lot of people because I'm a firm believer that until you start doing it, don't tell everybody.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I've got a similar story. Yeah, I knew long before I told anybody I was going to do ministry. Yeah, and
2: so um, I went to uh, Olivet Nazarene University, started mm-hmm. out majoring in Bible because I thought that was the thing to do, but I didn't like the courses, so I switched to zoology. Because I like
1: zoology. <laughs> you went from Bible to zoology. Well, you know, I later, on,
2: later on, I became a ministry, and Aaron, you know that church is a zoo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so, um,
2: got out, I graduated from the university, and um, they were drafting for Vietnam, and I, I admire the people who have been in the armed forces, but mm-hmm. I didn't think that was for me, mm-hmm. and uh, to get deferred, I still could as a teacher, mm-hmm. but I was trained as a teacher. But I'd been to Haiti several times, yeah. And uh, in August, I got a phone call from the mi- missionary there, who also was the was the uh, board president of the American School, mm-hmm. and said we're short of a, a math teacher and a, a a science teacher. Are you interested? I said sure. <laughs> and 10 days later, I was in Haiti. Holy cow. Okay. And I taught school there for a year and had a great time, had a car, had an income, uh-huh. and went adventuresome with the students and everywhere all over the country, and then felt led to go to seminary. Okay. Went to seminary, met my wife there, who was also called to be a missionary.
1: Was seminary b- back in the States?
2: Yeah, back to Nazarene the- okay. Theological Seminary in Kansas City. Okay. And then we took a little church in Michigan because you had to do that before you could be a missionary in our denomination. Oh, okay. So we went there and uh, got there, and they were running about 30-something, and about 40-something would fit in the sanctuary. Okay. (laughs) But they'd been wanting to build a building for 10 years. Oh, wow. And they had property. And when I got there, I didn't know any better. I said, well, when are we going to do it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we did it the very first year. Really. And what I really learned there is that when God has a plan... If you'll just get in motion, it often happens, but if you just talk about it, nothing happens. Yeah, that's right. So the church grew, and uh, we stayed three years, huh. and then we went to be missionaries in Bahamas for a brief time. Okay. Grand Bahama Island. <laughs> it wasn't a good missionary
1: experience. No?
2: It was really good, though, for spearing lobster.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: So we we kept it in our freezer. Uh-huh. We had lots of lobster. <laughs> um, from there, we were reassigned to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I went to Costa Rica for language study for for nine months. Went to Costa Rica. Okay. Then we went to Dominican Republic for there nine and a half years. Nine and a half years. Wow. Yeah, nine and a half years. Take that back. Two
1: and a half years. Two and a half. Okay. Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, you went to um, a language school in Costa Rica. Right. So that was just full on immersion. Learned Spanish, I guess. you did, didn't yeah. know the language before at all. And
2: oh, I had it in. Yeah, I had it in high school and college, but. Uh, uh-huh. You don't really learn it.
1: Uh And Mary and
2: my wife hadn't had it at all. Okay. So it was a good experience.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. And then you said two and a half years. Two and a half years
2: in in, in In Dominican Republic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And from there?
2: Well, we were there two and a half years and we had two kids.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: Mary said, we better get out of here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) And so it was a good experience. Learned a lot about Mm -hmm. how to establish the church. And went back to the States for a year and then went to Honduras yeah. where we were there for the next nine, eight, eight, nine years. Okay. And that was uh, really a our stretch. missionary experience.
1: Yeah, that's a long stretch. In Honduras, you said? In
2: Honduras, yes. Yeah. And we still go back to Honduras.
1: Uh, yeah, it Once sounds like lot. you're there a lot, actually. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got
2: sidetracked to Cuba where we go mostly now.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. Which you were telling me before, Cuba's in a tough spot right now.
2: Yeah, the hurricane has done a lot of damage, and they they already had food shortages. Yeah, electricity was off a lot already, and now it's off even more. Yeah. So they're going through very tough times.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you, of course, are mobilizing to try to help people there as always. That's yeah, I'm, fantastic. I'm
2: heading back to Cuba with a team in about three weeks.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, for somebody who doesn't who doesn't go very often, you always seem like you're like you're always well about it's, to go
2: to Cuba. We go mostly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. so tell us about Honduras. What happened there?
2: Well, in Honduras, when I went, there were only uh, four churches in our group mm. and one mission. They have been going a while. So in, Dominican, in the Dominican Republic, it grew really fast. Uh, the goal was mm-hmm. to plant 50 churches in 10 years.
1: Mm-hmm. It happened
2: 50 churches in five years. Oh, wow. So I was used to that. And, and they had an extension seminary there, which I ended up teaching. Mm-hmm. So I took it over to Honduras and started the extension seminary which is still going strong yeah and uh we got going and got it going and ended up with 30 some churches when i left and and now it's got 140 or 150 Yeah, and they've taken it right on the national leaders Mm -hmm. it's a very good experience yeah and you know one thing i've realized on all these trips is uh when we lived there it was a great experience for our children
1: Uh uh-huh and uh
2: that's the way it's been you know every time that We've done what God's called us to do. It's been a really good experience for our children. Uh huh. So, uh. Well,
1: that's good to hear. I was just talking to Aaron about she's a PK, pastor's kid. And, uh, I have a couple, as you know, a couple pastor's kids. And, uh, but the real wild ones were the MKs, the missionary kids. There's, so, <laughs> and I, Aaron and I were just talking about how, um, you know, how it's a, it's a unique position to be in. And so um, I'm really encouraged to hear you say that. Just when you say yes to the Lord, it ended up being good for the kids. Oh, it's
2: really good. They all three speak fluent Spanish on top of that. I bet. <laughs> uh, they came out on the top of their classes when they came up to the United States.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: they they loved this travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got good families. And it was a very, very good experience for them.
1: Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, That's awesome. I
2: think a lot of it has to do with the attitude though of the parents and the and uh-huh. the people you're around, yeah, and uh, we just saw it as a great experience, yeah, we came back to the United States. one of the reasons I came back to the United States and we didn't stay even though they wanted to stay in the mission program is i i um before I went out to, to, as a missionary i didn't i was I was kind of reluctant to preach until I got my first church up in Michigan. Hmm. But uh, that didn't seem to be my calling. But the more I got into it, the more I enjoyed preaching. Uh And I found out it's easier for me to preach in English than in Spanish, although I can in Spanish. Uh So I wanted to come back and pastor a church. Yeah, And so that's what we did. When was that? That was in 1990.
1: 1990,
2: okay. We pastored a church for about two and a half years, and uh, we ended up with a church-cultural split. We wanted okay. to try everything new, and they wanted to keep everything old.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: and so our supervisor kept saying, well, why don't you just go start a new church? He said, you've got mm-hmm. a lot of new people that want to do new things, mm-hmm. and if you don't do it, they're going to go somewhere else anyway. Yeah. So in 1994, we started church in a hotel okay. with our first service. We just said – in fact, we didn't even know where we were going to meet until – we told people on Tuesday, they kept saying, when are we going to meet? I said, okay, we'll meet this Sunday. But I had no idea where. And we didn't know until Thursday. And we called everybody and said, we're meeting at such and such a hotel, be there. Uh-huh. We went there. We didn't have any. We, we weren't ready. We didn't know what we were doing. But, uh, you know, God was there. Uh-huh. And the uh, church started to grow. And eventually in three years, we built a building. Yeah, And then we built onto that building. Mm-hmm. And then we built a big children's building Mm -hmm. and then finally when i was about a couple years from retirement uh, we built a very large sanctuary yeah and the church is doing
1: great yeah that's fantastic oh yeah so that's funny that you mentioned the hotel without any plans in the very very early days of our church paul we had uh we were meeting in this place that we i mean it was fine but it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't permitted for for gatherings, even though it was a huge office space, and we only had like a hand. We didn't have many people at all, um, but technically it was a public gathering, and you couldn't have it. And uh, I didn't know that, of course. And then um, they they re- they who was it? I guess it was the local police. They they found out about it, and came to us on a Thursday, and said. You're not allowed to meet in there. I was like, all right, well, just give us a couple weeks. We'll find a place. They said, no, we will have an armed guard there to lock the door on Sunday morning to make sure you don't meet. I was like, hey, just, it's fine. Just tell me not to. I'm not going to do it. You don't have to send anybody out. And then we we ended up at a hotel for a few weeks and it was awful. It was, it it was awful. The hotel has since been shut down. It got shut down once for drugs uh, and once for prostitution, um, and now it's and and it's like changed owners like three times and now it is what it is but um, it was just as bad as you would imagine it was it was gross but that's what we could do with you know two days notice and, and like you said the Lord showed up and we, we still did alright <laughs>
2: well I hope we the hotel we met in on Saturday night had a bar in it yeah and uh, the lady's name, it was called Proud Mary's. Okay. And my wife's name happens to be Mary. Uh-huh. So we always accused her of having a job on the side. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and we would have to go in and get everything out of the closets, all the drums and, and the screen and everything, and pick take the chairs out because it was also the breakfast area. Uh-huh. After people <laughs> ate breakfast, we'd get them out of there. And we, we would get it all up there. and. Uh, I, I remember on Easter Sunday, one Sunday, I walked in, and the bar had forgotten forgotten to remove all their. They had a big stack of a of, uh, of beer right where I was supposed to preach, <laughs> and we had to move it to have service. But that's
1: life. Yes, so be it. <laughs> but you know,
2: it, it was great times. Yeah. And eventually, we lost that, and someone that ran the little mall about the size of the uh, Maryville Mall. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Knew somebody in the church, and they said, "Oh, I hear you need a place." She said, "There's an empty store. I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not going to tell the owners, but I'm going to let you use it." Uh-huh. So then we had the church in the mall, and you know, we had the best foyer you could ever have. I bet.
1: <laughs> That's a nice. Eventually, foyer. we lost
2: that, and she gave us another building. Really. And then we milled it, booted it into our building we would built.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and of the building you just mentioned, four phases um, that your church went through. To get to where they are now, with what a big killed a big big sanctuary, big children's space, and uh, you know a couple of different. You mentioned four, but different phases that you went through. That's that's a lot. And um, when our church was um, just peering into the possibility of a new a new building, you were one of you were actually one of the people who came to us before the new building. Uh, before we even knew about it, and uh, you you took me to lunch and said, "Aaron, you're gonna you're gonna lose Big Mo." Do you remember talking about Big Mo momentum? Oh yeah. Uh, you're gonna lose Big Mo. You're too full. You need you need uh, you need a bigger building. It's time to start looking. Um, you were one of about a dozen people who, right before this building came available, was giving me the nudge and saying, "All right, man, let's go." And then uh, this building came available, and you were one of my first calls because. Uh, I knew you had been through uh, multiple building campaigns, and to be honest, Paul, I was I was dreading it, <laughs> thinking, "Oh boy, here we go." This sounds like a big pull, um, and you were just so encouraging me to me, man, because uh, I I the day I met with you about a building campaign is the day I shifted from dreading doing a campaign to being really excited about doing a campaign. Um, so what was it about your what was it about your experience and all those all those campaigns that, that left you feeling that way and feeling so positively about it?
2: Well, I want to way back to when we started the church first.
1: Okay, great.
2: Uh, people would come up to me, and they knew we were going to do it, and they say, "Well, what are you going to do if it doesn't work?" Uh huh. <laughs> and I just smiled and said, "Well, we'll do something else." There you go. <laughs> and, you know, and, and because I've learned that God always opens doors, uh huh, and he closes doors. But if we don't move forward, we have no idea if it's going to work or not. Yeah. And so I always saw these things as a wonderful chance, uh, opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so when we got ready to do our campaigns, um, we had to find property. We had to do all that. And mm-hmm. find and we found, we tried this and we tried that just like I'm sure you did. And then all of a sudden the door opened. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we just found out that when God opens the door, get excited. Yeah. Because he doesn't open up the door for failure. Uh huh. And so, so uh, I just thought oh, this is going to be great. We're going to build a building, <laughs> and then when it got full, once it began to get full, that was even more exciting because uh, to us, building the building had m- not much to do with buildings. Mm. It meant people were coming to the Lord.
1: Yeah, that's right. And
2: it's all about people coming to the Lord. We tried not to build. Excessively, we mm-hmm. tried to keep it simple mm-hmm. because our our whole concentration wasn't on making something pretty, mm-hmm. it was on making people so people would come to Jesus. So, yeah, so we tried to make it very useful, like mm-hmm. I'm sure, like you've yeah, shown functional. me the plans, mm-hmm. very functional. And uh, uh, the very first campaign, some of the people in the church were kind of afraid, mm-hmm. and I basically said, Look, we have to do this, or else the church isn't going to prosper. It just mm-hmm. won't. And so then they got behind it. Once one happened, the next ones weren't so hard. Oh yeah. We just had to convince all the new people. <laughs> but uh yeah. I remember in one we were short of money and uh, the building team I I always put people on my building committee who, who could help and who knew, knew something about building. Uh-huh. And who knew a lot about building. They weren't even members of the church, a lot of mm-hmm. them. But they, they were behind it. And we one of the fellows who was very well to do Uh, called us to his office, and we met in his office, and he said, you know, we don't have enough money. He said, "Uh, we've got to decide right here what we're going to do, and he offered a big chunk of money. And lo and behold, everybody in the whole building committee said, well, I can do this much more, some a lot, some a little. You know, we walked out of there and knew that we were going to make it Uh To the congregation. And those are really exciting times. Yeah. And uh, God blessed. The other thing we really noticed was, from the very beginning, When we had a building campaign and and we're raising money for the building, the church grew. Mm -hmm. Uh, People said it would go down. It grew. Yeah. And uh, when we moved moved into the new facilities, it always grew. Yeah. And so that's why one of the reasons I'm excited about the vineyard. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see um, twice as many people here in about two years.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I I have I have some uh, I have some faith for that, Paul. I really do. and it's part of it. You know, buildings themselves are they're limiting factors, and we've always been able to fill this building, um, and usually more than once, and and now three times on a Sunday. And uh, I just think if we have more space, God's gonna God's gonna send more people, and um, we're gonna have the opportunity to tell more folks about Jesus. And I'm excited. I'm well, excited.
2: You're going to outgrow that building down there before you know it.
1: Well, that's the idea, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, and you know, after I left the church in Ohio, they've had a couple more campaigns, mm-hmm. but uh, this time the campaign, they used the money to start a branch, and uh-huh. when they did, they invested hundreds of thousands of dollars and made it almost as nice as them, as the first one only yeah. now, as big, and mm-hmm. God's blessing it, and now they're raising money to start the third branch.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: But it's all first class. It's all first class in the sense It's not luxurious. It's just very, it's very uh, practical. Yeah. Very useful. Yeah. And, and who knows right. where this is going to lead from here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, we're excited. You know what? We've had, you know, we have the location in Springbrook and God's really God's really blessed what's happened there. Um but I I do I I have faith I still expect an, a number of more locations. I I don't know how many. Um but I think we've got a good model for it, a good system for it um where we can um uh, serve and people serve the people who are going out well and things that can scale up well so we'll see man i'm excited you're one of the reasons why i'm excited i yeah. I, I remember um in the very room we're in now uh because you were you wanted to see the you wanted to see the floor plan of the existing building we rolled it out and and looked at it and um man you you had a gleam in your eye and you said, you go, Oh, I wish I was younger. I want to do this one more time. (laughs) And that's, that was really the moment where, for, where it really shifted for me. I was like, he, how is he's more excited than I am. And, uh, and, and honestly, from then on it, your, your enthusiasm, I, I just caught it, man. And from then on, um, I've just been perpetually excited about this and as i've talked to uh other pastors you one other pastor in particular has been really encouraging um, because they've said just exactly what you said it was a time of momentum in the church people had a lot of fun um the campaigns worked the church grew and most importantly more more and more people met jesus and so i really appreciate how much uh, you have encouraged me paul and uh okay. you've encouraged our whole team too as as you've shared with our teams, our leaders who are helped pulling this campaign off, man, they were when you shared with that that leadership team um people were just buzzing on the way out, and uh, just so encouraged by what you shared. I really appreciate it well, thank you, yeah, and thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us. My pleasure, <laughs> all right, thanks.